Welcome to the End Time Podcast. Matthew chapter 11 records, Come unto me, all ye that are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. back everyone my name is john i'm with tito and max and andrew and we even have a, a a producer in the back named ethan that we've never introduced you to so welcome to ethan too but i was <laughs> i i was we're thinking back to some of the episodes that we've done and we've we've had the first one was on the absolute looking at you know what, what do we believe in what's our foundation where where do we start or where do we base our lives on and um, the second episode we looked at the the value of the blood of jesus and Next episodes looked at the provided sacrifice and how God needed a sacrifice and God made a way through a sacrifice for us to be able to communicate with him, to talk to him, to be in fellowship with him, for us to be in, at peace with him when we talk to him. And, and looking at after that, we began to look at covenants and how God would make a promise with someone and sometimes they would have to keep it and humans could never keep it. Later, he made a promise that was unconditional. It didn't matter what you did. God said, I will do it. And so today we want to bring it down to kind of the, the, the main key junction in the scripture, the main crossroads in the scriptures where Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. And it all comes down to this moment where he came inside of a human body. He named it Jesus Christ. He indwelled the flesh and then lived a perfect life and died so we could be reconciled back to him and live what he's laid out for us to live. And so thinking about, you know, there's many different ways you could approach it or think about it or look at it, but think about where, where would you start? And I think about, you know, someone that would be not a Christian at all or a Christian, but never really surrendered themselves or, or someone that would have just walked through life and started to hear about a God or a, a savior or, or, or faith as a whole. I don't know about you, but I, I would say that every human, no matter who they are, whether they're the richest person on the planet or whether they're the, a, a nobody in the middle of, somewhere in the backwoods somewhere that no one will ever know their name everyone has a thirst and everyone has something inside of them that they they try their they have their hobbies they have their life they have their goals their dreams and ambitions and all of those things are there to try to fill that thirst and i i don't, I don't know what do you what do you guys what do you guys think on that thought Every, everybody has a, a built-in function in your body just to go right back to our natural bodies we have a built-in function that when we're thirsty, something says, I need a drink. And it's like an alarm clock going off within you that when you're really thirsty, you need to get a drink. You ever, you ever had that, that feeling when you're on a day like today, when it's really hot outside or you've been working really hard and you feel dehydrated, you're like, I just have to get a drink. And nothing can satisfy it like a cool glass of water. Being able to go and just, refresh yourself with that it's the same thing in the spirit yeah. when you you know that there's something in an individual that will 
begin to sound off like an alarm and say, I need something more. Yeah. There, there has to be something more to life than what I'm doing. There has to be something greater. There has to be a better cause. There has to be a higher power. There has to be a God. There has to be something that can satisfy this longing in my heart for something more. Yeah. That's often what drives people to sensual things, to um, drugs or to alcohol or to lust or to other things that temporarily satisfy or don't satisfy, but they temporarily mask that thirst. Yeah. Yeah. And I noticed and I've noticed about people, you know, thirsting us. You find people that thirst to leave forever. They want to always be young. They just, they don't want to grow. Yeah. Right. And you know, they'll go and they'll do different things with your body just to stay young forever. Just to stay young forever. And they end up looking just a little ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a billion dollar industry trying to look young. Yeah. Right. You can inject yourself with all kinds of things. You can do surgeries. It's for a purpose of people have a desire, a thirst to look young. I believe what uh, we're talking about thirst. Some people, when they are not happy the way they are and they, they lack of happiness, that's why they're trying to to do something that they can be uh, accepted in this uh, um, world or in this um, society, I would say. Yeah, no, I, I would say that we, we all look for those things, that, that spot where whether it's your group of friends that you're looking to fit in and feel like you've, but eventually that group of friends fades away or you've got your, your looks and eventually you get old and they fade away or you've got all of the, the ambitions and goals and desires and then someone else becomes better than you or smarter than you or more successful. And, and all of those things are temporary. Everyone has that thirst. Everyone has those things. But Jesus says, and so just to bring it right to the scripture, Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I can promise you when God gives you rest, it's something a little bit different than any rest that you can find anywhere else, no matter how comfortable your mattress is or no matter how comfortable your pillow is. <laughs> <laughs> I was, we were chatting before Andrew was threatening to, to snore during the show. And I just said, you know, this is the kind of rest you need to be awake to enjoy. <laughs> but the scripture says, take my yoke upon you. So now Jesus has a yoke that he gives you. He wants to lead you in a direction. He wants to guide your life. What's a yoke? It drives cattle. Mm, no, it doesn't. Keeps them together and pointed <laughs> in the right direction. <laughs> a yoke is something that goes over a cattle or an oxen or something that you would use to pull something or an, a, a beast of burden. And it would go over them and bind them together or it would be something you would attach a harness to or some, some way to control them. It's a burden on them that, that they have to carry. And now Jesus is describing saying, basically everybody has a yoke. Everybody has some kind of a burden on you that something that weighs you down that is, is a, you need to satisfy that. You have that for a purpose, but Jesus is saying, take my yoke upon you. It is light. It is easy because we, we've got our burdens and our yokes that are, are difficult that, you know, people have different yokes that they have, but a desire or a thirst to be wealthy is a yoke. It's something you put on yourself to say, I'm going to guide my entire life for a purpose so that I can attain to something. But that, that is, that is a burden or a yoke upon you. And then there's, there's other ones that are, are yokes. You know, if you want to be a sports player, you need to take your entire life and go that direction. It's a yoke upon your shoulder but jesus said take yet my yoke upon you because 
I've provided the way. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I'm able, I've already paid the price. I've already done what's necessary, allowing you to get rid of your burden, take mine up and I'll lead you. Oh, absolutely. I think about now to move it a step farther, what was Jesus called to do on this planet? He, he came on this planet and, and he would read from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah in the temple. And he would lay out what he was supposed to do, which was, he said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. This is now reading right from Isaiah chapter 61, verse one, and part of verse two. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath, and then he begins to say what he was supposed to do, anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. That sounds like someone that's not big and high and mighty, but that's good tidings to the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. So those are the people that have had their hearts broken. He's, he's there to proclaim liberty to the captives, the people that are bind, bound. Maybe they're in their mind, maybe physically, but maybe in a way that but God is there to proclaim liberty to them. So freedom and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, he says, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And that's the year of freedom, really. It's to proclaim a freedom to the people. Now, when we look at that, we all know what it is to be bound in some way in our mind, or we know as humans, you, you live in your own human body long enough and you know where your tendencies are, where you, if some people will struggle with depression all their life, or some people will struggle with, with their nervous, their, or, or, or anger or, or so many different things. Now I want to say in all of those things, God can change that. But we know in our human condition what our human tendencies are. We know what the tendencies of our friends are. We And we think many times that that's just the way I am. And you've got to learn to love yourself and have self-care and, and all of those things that they will say. But there's another power and there's another life that wants to come and quicken you from the inside or, or bring you to life in a way that you've never been brought to life before once you can surrender and die out to yourself. God comes to in our in our brokenness. God comes in our... Our, our, our humanity and God, God loves our humanity. He, he wants to know you, the listener, no matter what you feel and no matter what you've done. I actually want to do a full stop right here. Okay. Because you brought up Isaiah 61. Yeah. The purpose of Jesus coming. Yeah. This is a phenomenal scripture to stop here for a moment. I've heard it said before that, you know, religion or Christianity, Christianity, everything is grouped as religion and it's a group of rules that people live by. It's an oppression. It's a binding. It's something that is, you know, oppressing the people down to live by a certain set of something rules or doctrines or codes or whatever you want to call it. But Jesus is saying, I didn't come for that purpose. And I mean, on the other hand, you could say that when they talked to him about adultery and he said, you know, I, you've heard the Bible say thou shalt not commit adultery, but I say unto you who have to ever looketh upon a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already. Okay. So that's, that's on one hand. On the other hand, Jesus says, I didn't come to bind you up. I came to proclaim liberty to the captives. I, I came for your freedom. I came so that you could have an easy yoke, a light burden. So there's something in some way, the purpose of Jesus's coming was not to bring just another set of laws or another set of doctrines or another set of rules. The purpose was for freedom. Cause he also says he whom the son has set free, he whom I, the Lord Jesus, the son of God has set free is free. Indeed. Those that he sets free, those who he satisfies their thirst, 
He also talks to a woman at a well one day and says, if you drink the water that I give, you'll never thirst again. Another place says, I am the bread of life. If you eat of this bread, you'll never hunger. So there's something he's saying, I've come for a purpose, but all of it is in one sense an allegory or a type of what he's actually there to do. That is, that it's not a physical thirst and a physical eating. It's that inner thirst, something that desires a fulfillment of something greater. Yes, absolutely. And now to bring it to the cross, what did the cross do? Just to describe the scene briefly, and I hope one day we can spend even more time really maybe laying out the story, but Jesus Christ went, we know the story, I believe most humans on the planet, many would know the story about how there was a man that was led up a hill with two other thieves. He was laid down on a, on a wooden cross and his hands were nailed in, his feet were nailed in, he was propped up on the cross now and he, he, he hung there by his hands and was maybe pulled down by his feet until he suffocated to death in the most horrible public way you could be executed. And not only was he hanging on a cross, but he was in front of his friends, his family, and his enemies. He was stripped completely naked, and he laid there until he died. And if we look at the scripture, we also will know that God even forsook him. As much as God promised throughout scripture, I'll never leave you or forsake you, there was one moment where he forsook his son so he'd never have to forsake us. So Jesus Christ could even know what it was like. And he would say, oh, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And, and what, a, what a dark and, 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 and somber picture to think of. And I haven't maybe done the best job of even painting that moment. But I want to come to this point to say he came to take all of our sins, everything that we could have done, everything that we've done, everything that in your life you might know what you, where you said something or did something, maybe horrible. But God came in a man and, and he died the most horrible death to pay for all of those things. And maybe one more thing is we would, I want to look at as we would wrap up this thought about how there's rest in Jesus, all that are, for all that are heavy laden is many people live with a lot of shame. We know that many people live with a lot of guilt. And I think of the word shame in our, in our life today, there's times where we can look back and you almost, you have that shudder where you're like, I did, I remember when I did that, I was so embarrassing or, and you, 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 you think about it, it triggers your memory and you're like, you want to shudder yourself. But, but many of those things go beyond just embarrassment, but there's a shame. I can't believe I was that human that I would do that. Or I can't believe I, I, I fell there. I, I can't believe that I, I'm always this way. And will I ever get out? And, and we feel unworthy because of it, but Jesus bore our shame. There he was naked on a cross the most shameful way you could die in front of your friends, your family, your enemies, seemingly helpless, though he, he could have called 10,000 angels to pull him off the cross. But for us, he took the shame. The scripture even says he, was, he despised the shame, but he did it anyway, basically despising the shame so that you, the listener, so that I could let go of all of my shame, to let go of all of my guilt, could let go of all the things that I've done, and accept the fact that I've been forgiven by God, that I'm clear before God. If I can accept it by faith, there's nothing that stands in between me and my creator because he paid for it all, all the way down to the shame and the guilt of it. God bless you. and Thank you for listening to this episode. We're grateful for every time that you listen. If you have any thoughts or comments or questions, you can send us an email at etpodcast at etmtab.com. And until next time, God bless you.